I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, I'm Chris Avina with American Outdoor News, and today we have a, a very special guest. She is the great and powerful Oz, the woman behind the curtain, Michelle Sherman from uh, Bulletproof Communications. Michelle, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Don't you start every podcast with, we have a very special guest today. <laughs> Some of them are not that special. <laughs> we have a very, very special guest today. <laughs> Today we have a very boring guest. You don't yeah, want to yeah. listen to this yeah. episode. This podcast uh, is going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> now, See, that's, I, that's the benefit of you and I both having a podcast, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I mean, we know each other a long time. And, yeah. you know, I said, you know what? Uh, there's so many things to talk about. Let right. me put a LinkedIn page. <laughs> oh, which hasn't been visited by me probably in like five years, but I couldn't believe you're actually a farm girl from South Dakota. Yes, yes, yeah. I'm one of the few people that grew up on a farm. I milked cows, I raised baby calves, uh, I put the hay in the hay mow, I had dogs, I raised baby chicks, baby ducks. Of course, being wow. in South Dakota, we went pheasant hunting. I cleaned pheasants. I was too young to hunt them, or so my dad thought. Um, we left when I was about 14, 15, um, you know, for quote unquote, a better life in Wisconsin. I'm not really sure it was a better life, but <laughs> it is what it is. And so yeah. Worldly <laughs> uh, city chick. Yeah. Complete it, opposite it, uh, lifestyle. Yeah, I never thought I would live in the city, to be honest with you. Like, I would I would ride my bike into the city. Well, that's a lie. We live 15 miles outside of a city of 300 people in South Dakota, and it was all gravel roads. So my parents would drive my bike in 
to where the pavement started about a mile outside of the city. See, that's and that's then I could carry parents. <laughs> right. And then I could ride my bike on pavement, which was like a whole new experience. Like wow. riding your bike on gravel and riding on pavement is like, oh my God. It's <laughs> like, like the day you get into a plumbing, you know? <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> you flip yeah. the switch and the lights go on. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Like, Holy cow. We're really riding high now. Yeah. That's great. No, it was different. I would, but I wouldn't trade that for the world because that experience and it's unfortunately that hardly anyone has that experience that I had anymore you know um but I wouldn't trade it for the world it certainly made me who I am today just having those first 15 formative years you know growing oh, up on a farm in the middle of nowhere you know <laughs> that, that, kept, that made you the outdoor person that's is that yeah how you ended up in this industry or yeah Right, right. And I didn't think I would stay in the outdoor industry. There's many times where I've had the opportunity to move away from the outdoor industry. Um, but I just, something kept making me come back, I guess. So, I mean, you started Bulletproof after working for Sportsman's Channel and a long journey. You were editing yeah. Outdoor Wire. And yeah. How did you start Bulletproof? You know, I didn't want to start it. <laughs> <laughs> I really I didn't, didn't. start a magazine either but it just yeah like done. you just you know some people have dreams uh that wasn't one of them for me uh having my own business wasn't a dream for me I always I always dreamt I was going to be this really powerful like VP um you know I was going to make all this money and be this like I don't know I don't know it uh, when you're younger right these dreams you have and then um when we ended up moving from Wisconsin to Minnesota because my husband's job, uh, Sportsman Channel said they didn't want to pay the Minnesota employee tax anymore. True story. Okay. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so my boss at the time was like, well, why don't you just become a consultant and continue working for us? And I was like, nah, that's not me. I'm not going to do that. Um, and he's like, no, I really think you should. You should really do this. And so I looked into it. I mean, it's not that hard to start your own business. It's start an LLC, which yeah. is what I am. Um, yeah. And so I looked into it and filed with the secretary of state and yeah, it, it's definitely had its highs and lows as I'm sure you can attest to. As Every well. business owner knows <laughs> you're going to have good times and bad and everyone's like, yeah. Oh, you're on your own business. It must be great. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's days where I'm just like, is this really what I want to do? But then I think about the alternative, which I call it a big girl job, yep. which would be, you know, the work for someone in that night, you know, quote unquote, nine to five, which is never nine to five. Yep. Um, and, you know, and that has its definite drawbacks too. even, even, even if that, that big girl job is working from home, like my husband's still working from home. I don't know if he's ever going to go back to the corporate I don't know if they're ever going to go back. <laughs> they, you know what? Co companies are saying, you know what? This uh, yeah. satellite stuff is working. Why do we need 10,000 square feet? We could take two and let everybody work from home, save a time. Yeah. So, so the real estate market is going to take a, a, you know. Yeah. Year. Yeah, that's going to happen. I, I think we're going to swing one way really, really hard, like you said, and then maybe we'll swing back a little bit, you know, yeah. find that happy medium, but. 
Yeah, so he, he's here and he's, he's been here since March of 2020. Um, I have my own office upstairs in the house and he, he, is, he took my, my quote unquote craft room. Um, so I lost my craft room. <laughs> you she shed? <laughs> yeah, right, pretty much to my husband. Um, <laughs> now it's a he shed. Yeah, now it's his. <laughs> so, I mean, you cover just about everything with your company. You cover products, you cover TV personalities, you cover social media. What's your favorite part of your job? Um, you know, I grew up in public relations and I think I'm probably stepping away from that more and more. I'm glad that I did it because having that journalism and writing background has obviously helped me as a social media person in my career. Um, you know, social media is obviously what I've been focusing on the last probably 10 years more so, you know, with an increased, increased focus. There's always something new to learn with social media. In fact, I, I'm booking a trip to San Diego in March to go to the social media marketing world, which is the largest social media conference in the world. Wow. People from all over come to San Diego for this event. Uh, and you just have the brightest and best people telling you, you know, all that you need to do on social media. I like going there too, because I'm, I'm kind of a unicorn there, like being in the outdoor industry. Um, there's not many of us in the outdoor industry that. Yep. I don't know of anyone else, honestly, that attends this from the outdoor industry because it's quite expensive to, to attend. And then, I don't know if you've noticed, but flights and hotels nowadays is are just ridiculous. It goes so, through the roof right now. Yeah, it's like so hard to travel anymore. Um, so I, yeah, it's quite an expensive event. I looked at that um, media uh, range day in Alabama Oh, the shooting sports showcase. Yeah. yeah. And I looked at the flights. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like $400 to fly to Alabama. Who the hell goes yep. to Alabama? Yeah. <laughs> Who wants yep. to go to Alabama? <laughs> it's, it's what I used to pay for, you know, yeah, it, it's double. What I used to pay for most of my flights is, is, is almost double just for coach. I'm not even talking like the different levels. I'm just talking basic, you know, coach. Sure, basic flight. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just, this is our new normal, I guess. I don't have to be. Yeah, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> we could start a carpool. Let's drive to Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just pick up well, people along the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate looking into that shooting sports showcase at least as an option for you to attend. What what was you, what were you interested in it with it? Uh, you know, I was just uh, kind of browsing the different uh, different companies that are going to be there. Yeah. I always like, you know, going to the range and trying new product and, you know, getting instructions from professionals. And right. uh, it's it's always a great experience. I agree. I, I'm like you where I, I'm, you know, I'm like, hey, show me this gun, show me this product and tell me, all, tell me what you want me to do with it. Tell me all the things about it versus me going up there with a set of preconceived ideas or notions about the product. I think you have a better, you know, a better experience. And with these kind of more intimate events, like the shooting sports showcase, you know, you have the time to spend with that, yep. you know, that individual from the actual gun manufacturer to help you. Um, so that's kind of unique in that sense, but yeah. Well, I went to, Bogara actually had their own showcase last summer. Do you think more and more are doing that? Like, is that, 
you know, now or? I think it's so beneficial because you get to spend time with the brands, yeah. get to meet the people behind the brands. They, they control it. Yeah, they, it's very controlled. You get to meet the, the president, the marketing people, the designers, and you really get to find out the inner workings of, of that company and find out about each individual product and spend time doing it. And uh, I really enjoyed it. You know, they had, you know, CVA as well. So we got time on the muzzle loader and we got time on the uh, regular rifles and it was really a great experience. I, I think more and more companies should really uh, lean that way. Yeah, hosting their own events, I guess. Was it close to their manufacturing facilities then, or? No, they, they actually did a road show. They, they did oh. Virginia, Texas, Montana. And, oh. and they sent out invitations and they flew us down and put us up at the hotel. And Oh, they paid for your expenses? Yeah, they paid for everything. And um, oh. they gave us the option of which location we wanted to go to. And, you know, Texas was the easiest for me. So I went to sure. uh, Dallas. I met a friend the night before. We went out for a steak dinner and then I went to <laughs> shoot the next day. They went to shoot guns <laughs> the next day. Yeah. Well, I didn't know they paid for expenses. Wow, that's, yeah. Yeah. It was, Very generous. Yeah, it was really nice. Really nice. And, you know, I gave them great reviews, of course, because uh, their lines are yeah. fabulous. Yeah. But uh, I only shot a muzzleloader once, and that was actually at a Poma event. Tony Smotherman helped me. You know, he kind of helped do all the things. But, um, and I shot it, and I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> Don't have to do that again. <laughs> He's like, you want to do it again? I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> One and done type of girl. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it just wasn't my thing. Like, I just, you know, I know, I know there's a whole segment of, of people, obviously, that are super into muzzle loaders and that whole historical aspect of them. And, um, but yeah, not for me. I don't care what I hunt with. I'll use a slingshot if I could, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so long as I get out, you know? Right, right. Now, you are um, the on the board of Poma. Yeah, I'm the president you're, now. Yeah, yeah that's something. You're the, you're, you know, you're the great and powerful Oz. You're yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I started out, I think, as secretary, and then I was like, Second vice president, first vice president, yeah, and then and, and president. So that that's there's a good and bad to that, obviously, with with the how the board works. You know that succession. You the bad part is that you tend to be then you're involved with it for such a long period of time. But the good part is is that you're involved with it for such a long period of time that you kind of know the history and you you know you learn from that. Um, but yeah, I'm right now. I literally am planning the the. June business conference that we're hosting in Kalispell. Um, and I just got Randy Newberg secured as our keynote speaker. Great speaker. Uh, he lives in, yeah, he lives in Bozeman, so he can jump over to Kalispell, so to speak. He'll probably um, just throw on his backpack and hike over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get over it. I was worried that I literally asked Randy about doing this in April of 2021. Wow. That's how long I've been working this with him because I knew a two, I knew many things about Randy. One, he likes to go fishing in the summers. Um, his wife especially likes to go fishing in the summers. 
Um, it's not his boat. It's his wife's boat. It's his wife's stuff. Okay. And, um, so she asked him, please don't, you know, travel as much, you know, I want to go out with you fishing. Um, so I knew that, but I thought, well, if I gave him like a year and a half notice, like, <laughs> that maybe we could get this, you know, um, but he's a busy man. So, but yeah, he just confirmed. So I'm pretty excited about that. Well, this will actually be my first time going to a public conference. You haven't gone? Seriously? I've never gone. Because I just feel like you and I see each other all the time, but it must just always be at other events, I <laughs> There's guess. enough shows that we go to. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. But So what should I expect at this public conference? Well, we're working on some group events, some group trips. I don't want to call them pre or post writer trips. I don't want to call it that. Just you got a spouse, you got a partner, you got someone you want to bring with. Yeah, you can bring oh, them with. I travel. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not, and it's not meant, you know, obviously the key is, you know, Kalispell or Montana want you to write about them. Sure. But we, for me, the key is I just want people to get out and enjoy what Kalispell has to offer, you know. Uh, will the sun to the road, you know, road to the sun, will the road to the sun road be open? It's hard to say. We were in Kalispell the same exact time, I'm gonna say five years ago, and it just opened while the conference was there. Wow. Um, yeah, and that's the middle of June, right? So, yeah. and they said that was early and they're getting a ton of snow right now too. Wow. Um, so it's hard to say if that will be, but I mean, there's fly, we're working on fly fishing, we're working on other group activities, but as far as the conference itself, um, I'm working on having, you know, um, breakout sessions and panel discussions for, you know, trying to hit every member that is a part of POMA from the corporate partners. You know, we're going to, we're going to have discussions for the corporate partners. Yeah. We're going to have discussions for photography peoples. We're going to have discussions for writer. We're going to have this whole editor's panel that we're working on, which I think is oh. probably going to be, yeah, the highlight of the entire conference is this editor's panel. And then after the editor's panel, we're going to have stations set up for the editors so that the writers can go and meet with them. Okay. And pitch story ideas or, you know, just ask stuff they didn't want to ask, you know, in public, so to speak, you know, in the open. Um, and then since Randy's coming in, I said, hey, if you can speak that night and then the next morning, if you could do a Q&A with me, because um, I've known Randy since, well, a long time, probably 15 years or more I've known him. Um, so I thought it'd be kind of fun to, for him to, you know, I can interview him, you know, so to speak and have him sit down and it'd be kind of fun. So yeah, and then he'll probably have to jump in his car and head back to Bozeman, but. But yeah, I think, you know, bring business cards. We do that. We started this thing last year called Speed Networking, where um, it was actually the brainchild of Thomas McCauley, who's our new executive director. So all the um, CPs sit, CP stands for corporate partner. Yeah. Um, so the sponsors, the corporate partners, they sit in a, in a, at a table in a row. And then every, I don't know how how long it was, maybe five minutes, we rang a bell and the writers or whoever wanted to meet with him had to change, like speed dating, had to move to the next slot. All right. And people <laughs> had so much magic. fun with it. Yeah. <laughs> it was very loud in that room. It was um, obnoxious. So we're working on like, 
you know, improving that part of it. But they're like, are you doing that speed networking thing again? Are you doing that speed dating thing again? Because that's pretty cool. Yeah, because for them, it was like dating, right? Like if you're a writer and you're meeting an editor for the first time, it is like, here, you know, here I am. Do you like me? Yeah. Do you like my work? <laughs> that's true. I mean, there are a lot of critics out there. I'm sure, you know, um, yeah. a lot of critics for my work, but yeah, well. I usually just delete them. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, because you know, if, you who, listen, if you listen to them, Chris, you wouldn't get anything done. It's true. It's true. So, Do you know yeah. who a, a really amazing keynote speaker would be? Uh, Who's that? Beth Dutton. How do, who is that? I know her. <laughs> From Yellowstone. Oh, my God. <laughs> do you know I literally... Okay, my husband and I, Wayne, we literally started watching Yellowstone two nights ago, Chris. Like, wow. we literally just started watching it. So that's why I was like, my God, I know that name. <laughs> Are you hooked yet? <laughs> <laughs> it only yeah, took me one episode. I was like, wow. Yeah, I mean, we're like kind of doing the binge watch. We'll watch like two episodes a night. Um, yeah, we're, we're in it. We're in it. We'll watch the whole thing. We also just got done watching Cobra Kai on Netflix. I love that show. <laughs> that was really, there was part, the part where they were, the kids were fighting though in the school and the kid, oh, I won't get into it and like ruin it for people, but like, that part I was like, oh my God. You know, but, for me, I grew up with that. That's that was my yeah. era. You know, yeah. Was, you came along long after that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah, I you know, it brings back uh it brings you back in time to to uh back to the well era. the fact that like the original like the so much of the original cast is part of the show, you know, original people that were in the movies, yeah, multiple, multiple, you know, karate kid movies, and then like um the fact that they were the are the producers of the show so then somehow they got access to the original movie clips that they were showing too in like some of the flashbacks yeah i'm like how did they get access you know i'd like to figure that out but yeah that was really cool because that really added especially for people who you know didn't grow up with it and maybe heaven forbid never saw the original karate kid movies yeah. That really added, but make friends, you network, they do your yeah. favors, they yeah. need a favor down the road. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. I come to you down the road. I, I ask I ask your favor, you do me a favor. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> anyway, so that's what that's what Chris and I are watching on lately. <laughs> that's great. So now. Aside from everything else, in yeah. all of your free time with your non-for-profit work and Poma and and you know, yeah, all your other stuff with Bulletproof, you podcast. Yeah. Yes. So I do have a podcast off the record with the sporting chef and Michelle trying to figure out how to get, you know, you know, podcasting is hard work and it seems like um, it's getting harder. And I think one of the reasons it's getting harder is because people used to have that drive time in their cars yep. and they don't now. Um, so I feel like at one point in time, they said the average person subscribed to or listened to like five or six podcasts. I would be curious what that is now, because I mean, some of these podcasts, if you're like a Joe Rogan fan and his podcasts are like two to three hours long, that's, long. that's 
that's all you could probably do in a week. Sure. Like you're not listening to anything else probably, you know? Probably not. Yeah. And so I'd be curious now with the limited drive time and just free time that people have if what that is. But I feel like also many more podcasts have just blown up in the last couple of years. It's still a young industry considering there's still not a lot of podcasts, but it's definitely gotten more popular over the past few years. It's yeah. really blown up. Yeah. Uh, I try to keep this a half hour because I listen to it when I'm doing my cardio in the morning. Yeah, there you go. And I'm like, wow, I really sound like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't listen to my, I don't <laughs> listen to my podcast. Your podcast but, is fun. No, but if you, <laughs> but if uh, for people listening, if you do have the room or the space to listen to one more podcast, check out Off the Record with the Sporting Chef and Michelle. We talk about wine and wild game and a lot of industry talk because obviously, you know, like you said, I've been in the industry for a long time. Um, Scott's a wild game chef. He's been, you know, industry. Um, he's producing multiple shows now um, for outdoor sportsman groups. So he's busy, busy man. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what uh, happens for season three. Is, Stay tuned. He's in, he don't live by you, does he? No, he's in Folsom, California. So yeah, there's a two hour time difference um, for us, which, you know, yeah. So when you're pouring a glass of wine, you pour, you drink it in different places together. Yeah, like it could be five o'clock my time, and it's like three o'clock in the afternoon for him, and he's like, whatever. Fine, that works. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> so. Yeah. so what's what's next? I mean, you've your progression has been like you you've done blogging, you've done writing, yeah. you've done editing, you've uh, done PR. You, I mean, what what's next? I've been asking myself that question quite a bit, Chris. So it's interesting that you asked it too, because I, I don't know, honestly. Um, I've been in the in the industry, you know, I've been in the game for a while. And I don't know, like, do you, like, where do you go from here? Um, you know, I'm president of POMA. I have my own business. I've been, you know, I've been speaking at, you know, SHOT Show at like three years I've been yep. doing that. I spoke at the ATA show, you know, like what's, what's next to strive for, to push myself forward. I don't know. My goal has always been just to help people. Yeah. That's always been why I do this. Um, Randy even asked me, he's like, he's like, what, why do you do this, this POMA stuff and all that? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you've always been extremely generous with your time and, and yeah i try me, so i try and help people um you know sometimes you know people ask for your help and then you give it and then they you know and then well i don't think you ever really wanted it you just <laughs> people are weird i just had a lady i just had a lady text me and like oh you someone told me you do social media consulting and I want to hear more about you know how do you structure that because it's something I want to do and she was asking me these questions via text and um she must be like a millennial or gen z and I'm not that so I'm like can we have a phone call because I'm not going to text you <laughs> like all this I like that if it goes past like three yeah interrupt pick up the phone Right. And so I said that to her, I'm like, Hey, I'm free, you know, these days, these days, you know, you know, give me a call and I'll be happy to chat with you. 
radio silence. <laughs> I don't. And you know what? It's not just that. It's you speak to these marketing directors of these companies to try and yeah. get to know them, do business with them, find out what they're looking for. They don't pick up the phone. No, no one wants to talk on the phone anymore. No, yeah. it's all through email. It's easy to say no or delete through email. It's yeah. harder to say no to somebody in person. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. I'm, I'm old fashioned. Well, right. We come from a different generation of, you know, I come from, I come from a generation of, if you call me, I call you back. If you email me, I'm probably going to email you back. But if you sit there and text me <laughs> all this stuff, I'm going to say, Hey, let's have a phone call. <laughs> yeah, just gets, just gets annoying. I can't do it. <laughs> right. I don't, I actually don't like people. I actually don't like texting. <laughs> It's, you, you know what the funny part is? Yeah. It, they'll text, you'll text back and forth, and you're like, you know what, screw this. And you just, you you hit dial. Oh, yeah. They don't pick up the phone. They won't pick you, I know. You have the phone in your hand, you're texting <laughs> me, you're not going to pick up the phone? What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I have a... Um, a gal that I work with on a corporate account and she's very, I call her very corporate -y, and she knows she's very corporate -y, but she's like, you got to meet people where they are. And I'm like, well, when is it that people meet me where I am? Yeah, right? <laughs> Why do I always have to be the one to get Right. Why am I always the one? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what's next for me, Chris. What's next for you? Uh, well, uh, next for me is I'm going to have Julie McQueen on my cover of my April oh. issue. <laughs> I, uh, I changed from a quarterly to a bi-monthly, uh, in, for 2022. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, um, that's the big news. I, I figured it was more important to be in front of my audience more often. Yeah. Uh, and, and you had the content. Uh, you know what? Content is never an issue. Uh, yeah. You know, I have great writers, Larry Wyzoon, God bless him. He's started writing for he's me great. the day I started the magazine and so generous with his time. And he's such a gentleman. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Craig Boddington has written for me. Brittany Boddington yeah. has written for me. I, I've, I, I've really been fortunate uh, to have friends in the industry that have stepped up and really helped me get it off the ground. And you, I mean, half yeah. my covers in the beginning were yeah. from you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. But the yeah, it's always nobody fun. wanted to interview these people at the shows. And I'm like, all right, Michelle, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is me, Chris, will you make me look good? Yeah. Like, sure. <laughs> Yeah, nobody needs to make you look good. You do it all <laughs> your own. <laughs> no, I need help, especially, especially at these shows. Oh my god, they're exhausting. You know, people think you're there having a good time. You, right. you have like your running shoes on. You're like across three separate floors, and now this year they had a whole separate convention center to go to. I was meeting with. Um, a person in that Caesars forum and I was inviting them to the Poma. Uh, we had like a press conference and of course, I mean, and they're like, and they're like, where is it? And I said, well, it's upstairs in the Venetian, you know, you gotta go upstairs like level three or four, wherever it was. And they're like, that's a half hour away. And I was like, ha ha ha. And then, and then thinking, oh shit, she's right. I think it is like a half hour away. <laughs> 
She didn't make it. I didn't. Yeah, I wasn't surprised. I'm like, yeah, she yeah. didn't buy those tram passes that they were pushing at the show. Yeah, right. Yeah. They yeah I wasn't reimbursed for those, being that I missed the show. <laughs> oh, really? I don't know. I didn't ever even thought about it. <laughs> yeah, until now, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to NRA. I'm looking forward oh. to, um, you know, to uh, getting back and seeing friends and getting yeah. in front of customers again. We're going to be um, with Dallas Safari Club. I'm on the board of the Northeast chapter. We're going to be nice. sponsoring um, a visually impaired veteran. Uh, we're taking them on a, a hunt in Texas. Um we're going to be doing a hunt giveaway at American Outdoor News. Nice. Uh, we got a sportsman's dinner coming up in May that we're uh, co-sponsoring. So, you know, we're out there. We're doing stuff. We're trying to, yeah. you know, trying to hustle and make a name for ourselves. Good, better, right. different. Right. That's what you got to do. You get constantly, constantly got to be in front of people or at least give the impression that you're constantly in front of people. <laughs> Because take a lot of selfies reality. when you're in a crowd. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. what, what is going to be your biggest challenge for 2022? Um, you know, there's been a lot of influx for my business in the last few months. So I think that's that's my biggest challenge is still trying to figure out what is my business in 2022. Um, I've had clients, you know, move around a little bit, change direction you know where i maybe was doing one thing for him now i'm doing something completely different yeah um so yeah it's just it's always it's always a change year for me it just you know and that's in my business like if you i don't really have contracts with i have a contract with one client all, all the other ones i don't um just and that's just how yeah it's just how i work i mean it's just like i've come to the point where like if you don't want to work with me anymore, there must be a reason. Yeah. So let's, you know, either either we, we come, probably came to it mutually agreeing that we don't want to work with each other. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. Right. I, I'd so, work with you in a heartbeat. I just can't afford you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. So, so yeah, I think um, – I'm always still trying to figure out, you know, what do I want to do when I grow up and who's, you know, who's the ideal client for me or is it enough? You know, do I have enough um, and focus on who I do have and just focus on doing a better job of serving them? Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. No, well, we do what we can do. And that's, right. that's all we can do. Yep. That's kind of why I'm going to that social media marketing world. Like it's, like I said, it's very expensive to attend a stupid thing because of the flights in the hotel. But um, for me to like, I have the option to sit at home and watch and watch it. And, and I can be there live. I can watch it live at home. But knowing my personality, it's, I'm not going to pay attention. I'm not going to pay attention. You know, and I know this about myself. I'm going to be like on my phone doing something. Oh, let me look at this email. Let's do this. I just won't be focused. But going there and then, you know, putting your phone on do not disturb and walking into the room to listen to the seminar speaker, you know, I'm, I'm going to absorb it so much better, I think. So, yeah, agreed. It's sad that I have to spend this much money to 
because I can't control <laughs> myself. <but laughs> you know, working working from home, you save a lot of overhead and whatnot, but yeah, there's so much other things in our industry. There's a lot of travel, a lot of yeah. air air expense, hotels and Johnny yeah, like Powell. me in Minneapolis, like I'm not near anything ever. I'm never near anything, right, to go to. So, yeah, yeah it's always a lot of that. Well, I'm in New York. I'm a lot further than you. <laughs> yeah, you're not. Yeah. Because they never have any of these conferences out east. No, we're in the land of no. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. It's either, you know, south or west. It's like yeah. Vegas, Texas, Tennessee. Orlando. That's yeah, it. The, the closest, <laughs> the, the closest for me place for me to drive to would be to be, go to Nashville. Yeah. How far are you from Nashville? Uh, I'm probably about eight to 10 hours. Oh, okay. Not all that far. Because SCI is going to be at Nashville now, I hear. I know. I for just, the next I, few years. So, I, just, yeah. I drive there. Yeah. My brother's in North Carolina now, so I can, you know, I can yeah. hit stop to see my brother. So you got to make the best of it, but I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's always good to see you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you inviting me on and having a frank conversation with me. And don't forget to subscribe to off the record with uh, the sporting chef and Michelle subscribe to the American outdoor news podcast, and we'll see you again next time. All right. We love our children. We protect them. We guide them. We prepare them for life in the world. With all that we do, from deep in our hearts, we cannot control all things. Life-threatening illnesses and disabilities affect far too many of our children each year. While we cannot change the circumstance, we can make dreams come true. Dreams to provide hope, to provide spiritual healing and strength to provide moments of happiness and relief in the hardest of times. We can give a glimmer of light and hope in a time of darkness and despair. Join huntofalifetime.org to help make dreams come true, to provide hope for children with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nonprofit organization fulfilling dreams for hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Visit huntofalifetime.org to learn how you can make a difference.